0: You're listening to Age of Reason. Brought to you by Frozen Frame Productions. Will we ever understand This complex genius This visionary thinker Will we ever get this close again the forces of our universe Hey everyone and welcome to another interesting episode of Age of Reason. Today is episode 45. I'm JC and uh, it's April the 19th, 2019. Today I'm going to be talking about the state of climate in 2018 and it was an article published at the end of March of this year. So, of course, it takes time to collect all the data. Let's jump straight into it. All right, so this is the article, and it's the state of the climate in 2018. It was posted, uh, like I said, at the end of March, and it comes from the World Meteorological Organization. So, I referenced it in the last show. So, you know, I don't want to sound too kind of mean or arrogant or anything like that, but people really have to start watching all my shows because there's a lot of information that I say that I don't wanna really repeat every time. So it is related, all of my shows are linked. You, you'll find a common thread eventually. So please do that. The physical science and socioeconomic impacts of climate change are accelerating as record greenhouse gas concentrations drive global temperatures towards increasingly dangerous levels, according to a new report from WMO. The statement highlights record sea level rise as well as exceptionally high land and ocean temperatures over the past four years. So actually it's longer than that because we keep hearing about that it was the highest, uh, the highest temperatures on record for at least a decade. So this warming trend has lasted since the start of the century and is expected to continue. These key climate change indicators are becoming more pronounced. CO2 levels, which were at 357 parts per million when the statement was first published in 94, keep rising to 405.5 parts per million in 2017. So again, just in 20 years, basically, in two decades, we've increased nearly 50 parts per million. Uh, of course, it's expected to continue uh, to rise. A WMO climate statement includes input from National Meteorological and Hydrological Services. Well, basically, yeah, it says that it's a very extensive um, uh, field of experts. So it's not just like from one guy some kind of random person on the internet. It's, it's, it's a group of experts. Okay, so again, just for people who missed the last show or, you know, don't care about my pre- previous shows, whatever. Uh, this graph shows the CO2 concentrations And it goes back nearly half a million years ago. And you'll see that if you go back in time, the concentration was never above 300 parts per million. So we're talking about the natural cycles. There's like volcanic eruptions, etc. Well, again, you know, the conditions on the early Earth were very different from this. But do you really want to go back to that type of condition where, you know, there's volcanic eruptions everywhere and, basically it's basically just molten rock everywhere nobody wants that so the natural we're way above that 1950 or so we are at 300 and right now we are over 400 so in just 50 years in just 50 years we've completely completely broken that natural cycle and now we're in new territory that's what i keep saying we we don't fully know the impacts of this, okay? Uh, extreme weather. So yeah, this actually... Feel free to pause the video and, and uh, read it. Uh, I don't want to like read it because then, you know, you're not a child. So yeah, we had this uh, disaster in, in Africa. A big flood. A lot of people died. And it happened because basically it's a low-lying city and there's a lot of them out there in the world because uh, traditionally uh, cities were built near the river or near the coast it gave access to trade of course and uh, fishing so unfortunately now because the sea levels are rising there is more moisture in the atmosphere uh, it it makes these areas that are already at risk even at greater risk and that's what happened in Africa basically. Okay so this graph here shows the global mean temperature difference from 1850 to 1900 and you can see that basically you know up to let's say 1980 uh, it goes up and down but it's pretty manageable at this point and then suddenly we have this kind of big rise. Uh, We're really high now And the reason is because it's not, well, first of all, of course, the population kept increasing and the CO2 levels are, I mean, if you look at the curve of CO2, it's directly related to the the curve of population. So the more people we have, the more consumption there is, and then CO2 rises. It's really not that complicated. Uh, the data released in this report give cause for great concern. The past four years were the warmest on record with the global average surface temperatures in 2018 approximately one degree Celsius above the pre-industrial baseline. So this confirms the urgency of climate action because we had this report uh, a little while ago and it said that basically if we reach 1.5 degree, then the, we we're in for major changes basically. Uh, I, I talked about that in the previous shows, so please go back and re-watch those because I don't want to repeat myself too often. So now we're going to talk about the impacts a little bit. So people say, oh, you know, who cares, right? It's every year just going to be a flood somewhere. It's going to be a fire somewhere. Who cares? Hurricane... Florence and Michael were two of $14 billion disasters in 2018 in the US. They triggered around fifty billion dollars, let's say, in damages and over a hundred deaths. So again, if you're from a government point of view, then the, the the human life cost is really not impressive, okay? Because to a government, human beings are just basically expandable resources. Uh, but the the physical damage to buildings, etc., that's that's a big impact. Fifty billion dollars is is a lot of money. Uh, super Typhoon Mangkut yep, uh, affected a lot of people in the Philippines and killed uh, at least 134, which is actually not bad because I showed, I talked about the Philippines a couple of shows ago, and I there was a picture there. Uh, the The construction, the standard of building in the Philippines is extremely low. Okay, so it's kind of a miracle in a way that not more people have died there. Uh, More than uh, uh, 1,600 deaths were associated with uh, intense heat waves and wildfires in Europe, Japan, and the USA. So I suffer from that. Uh, I'm in Japan. So the summers here are effing crazy, I have to say. So, well, first of all, the temperature in the sun, of course, and that's the important one, is definitely well over 40 degrees. Probably like 45, 46 degrees Celsius. Uh, and it's also mixed with a very high humidity. So, you know, I grew up in Europe most of the time. And the summer there is not as extreme as it is here. And the reason is because there is no humidity there. Humidity really messes you up in more ways than one. So people die from that, of course. Uh, and in Japan, there's a lot of old people because they, the old people the The exchange of, of body temperature is different, so they don't really understand it. They don't feel it. I mean, my my grandmother, you know, back in that extreme heat wave in France that killed, I think, fifty thousand people at the end of the uh, of the century, uh, she didn't feel any of that. She was like, "Oh, pff, it's nothing. I don't I don't feel it." But everybody else is dying. My dog was like just suffocating, and I'm. I hate the heat as well so i'm dying and my parents are not really kind of enduring it very well either but yeah so old people don't feel it they don't do anything at home they don't the fan doesn't do anything okay the fan just moves air around it doesn't cool it so you need an air conditioner so as far as i know japan by law makes you have an air conditioner unit in the house so I'm using it right now because it's already hot enough and plus today I have the lights and stuff, it's it's warming everything up. But of course, I understand very well that it's not good for the environment. So everybody's running the AC unit, never good. But we have no choice, that's what I'm saying. What, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to just sweat my ass off and and suffer? Why? I want to live comfortably too. So, yeah, the economic damage uh, from that was 24 uh, in the U.S. Um, and, the, of course, India suffered. Australia suffered a lot f- from heat waves this year, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It just keeps going and going, really. So, how does it specifically impact things? Well, let's talk about this. So, this food security. So, when I heard about that term about 25 years ago, I, d- I didn't. Any attention to that whatsoever. Food security, come on. You go to any supermarket, all the shelves are full. What's the problem, right? So, exposure of the agriculture sector to climate extremes is threatening to reverse gains made in ending malnutrition. So, there is evidence that shows that basically uh, in 2017, the number of undernourished people was estimated to have increased to 821 million. So, this, yeah. It's a lot of people. Partly due to severe droughts associated with the strong El Nino of 2015-2016. Displacement. So this is a major one because I talked about that again also on my previous shows. Countries like Bangladesh are in big trouble for example because a small sea level rise for them is catastrophic. Plus they they have a very high risk of an, a very strong earthquake happening there, and that may actually shift the course of one of the major rivers there, and then that will flood residential areas. And then we're talking about uh, you know 15 to 20 million people uh, at very very high risk, spread of disease, etc. So out of the 17, uh, let's say 18, let's round it up. 18 million internally displaced persons tracked by the uh, Organization of Migration. Over 2 million were displaced due to disasters linked to weather and climate events as of September 2018: drought, flood, and storms. So, of course, you know, if you have a flood or you have a, a kind of big uh, fire, uh, you have to move somewhere. But in a country like the U.S., you can move because it's a big country. But in in other countries, you have to stop thinking about the US all the time, okay? So we always think about America. Wow, it's a huge country, right? So people can just move from the coast, etc. But if you But even if you take a place like Japan, for example, Japan is extremely packed. Or take a country like Hong Kong. They, they, they have uh, some of the highest densities uh, on earth. So where are these people gonna go if something happens? It's not easy to move. We forget that. As americans often so uh yep 32 percent associated with flooding and 29 percent associated with drought of course people want to live so they move if they can uh heat air air quality and health so there are many inter- interconnections of course between them uh between 20 uh, between 2000 and 2016 the number of people exposed to heat waves was estimated to have increased by around 125 million persons. Um, So because uh, one effect of the climate change is that it makes the hot days longer. So the period of hot days is longer. I noticed that because I measure temperatures as well. Uh, Okay, it's kind of amateur equipment, but even with that, I can see the trend. I can see exactly what they're talking about here. Uh, It depends like how you measure it, but I know that last year, if you take the temperature above like 26, I think, or something, then the the number of days above 26 was much higher than the years before that. So it's already happening. It's not, you know, it's not coming, it's already here. It's already all happening. Mm -hmm. Environmental impacts include coral bleaching, of course, and reduced levels of oxygen in the oceans. Others include uh, loss of blue carbon associated with coastal ecosystems, such as mangroves, seagrasses and salt marshes and ecosystems across a range of landscapes. Uh, Global warming is expected to contribute to that and uh, yeah there's been an estimated one to uh, two percent decrease in the global ocean oxygen inventory. So now we're talking about the climate indicators so how do we know actually that this is happening? So first of all we can measure the heat in the oceans okay so 2018 saw new records for ocean heat content in the upper 700 meters and upper 2000 meters. So it's getting warmer, topping the uh, previous uh, record set in 2017. So more than 90% of the energy trapped by greenhouse gases goes into the oceans because the oceans are a carbon sink, just like uh, the forests are. So and the ocean heat content provides a direct measure of this energy accumulation in the upper layers of the ocean. Yeah, of course, warming ocean is not good news for anybody. So sea level, sea level rise, and we talk about I talked about that in that flood in uh, Africa, Mozambique, I think, and uh, you know it, it's happening every year actually. Sea level continues to rise at accelerated rate. Uh, the sea level, uh, gl- the average. was around 3.7 millimeters higher than in 2017 and the highest on record Uh, i'm really tired of hearing this sentence the highest on record it seems like every time every year we have something that is the highest on record and yet a lot of people don't care and a lot of people don't even know about any of that which just drives me absolutely nuts I mean, what the hell are you doing with your life if, you, if you're not actually spending time studying things like that? Or anything for that matter. I just finished a course on geology the other day, and I'm starting one on astrobiology. By the way, if you, anyone is interested, I can drop the link. Or links. But it's not that hard to find, actually. Just you need time, and you need some kind of, I don't know, why, why do I feel that way? Why do I have this motivation to learn something and and my neighbor perhaps doesn't at all? I, I don't understand why this this kind of internal fire is missing from people. I really don't get it And then then we wonder why the world is in a shit Well, maybe because people are not passionate enough and not knowledgeable enough on topics where they should be Let's be honest there Uh, Ocean acidification, that's a big one. In the past decade, the ocean absorbed around 30% of anthropogenic CO2 emissions. Absorbed CO2 reacts with seawater and changes the pH levels of the ocean, so the acidity. This process is known as ocean acidification, which can affect the ability of marine organisms, such as mollusks and reef-building corals, to build and maintain shells and skeletal material observations in the open ocean over the last 30 years have shown a clear trend of decreasing pH in line with previous reports and projections. So yeah, um, you know, if you live somewhere in the middle of the States, none of that affects you. So you might think that, wow, I really don't, don't care about that. I, I don't want to spend my tax dollars on climate change. Come on. It's not affecting me. Well, That's not really true either because there was a big drought in the farmlands in the States not so long ago. So that directly affects people even in those parts of the nation. But again, you have to think outside of the US for a moment. And there's a lot of countries that rely on fishing industry to survive. So if the the fish move away Right now, for example, because I studied this, so I know that in Japan there is certain fish that can be found near Hokkaido. But because the ocean is warming, these fish have to move north. So they're going to go towards the coast of Russia. So now Russia benefits from that, in a way. And Japan doesn't. So then what do you do? Then you have to import it, right? And then you spend more money. So it's a vicious circle. you screwed either way. Of course, there's going to be some losers, but... There's going to be some winners as well, but mostly losers. Uh, sea ice, Arctic sea ice extent was well below average throughout 2018 and was record low levels for the first two months of the year. The annual maximum occurred in mid-March and the, was the first, was the third lowest March extent in the 79 to 2018 satellite record. The September monthly sea ice extent was the sixth smallest September extent on record, the 12th uh the 12 smallest september extents have all occurred since 27 uh, 2007 i should say so that gives you a perhaps an indication that the real huge impacts really have started happening since about 2007 okay so there's no real point to analyze many things before that because now we're seeing the really big impacts of climate change. Because we, act, we pump so much CO2 into the atmosphere. And it needs time to build up. You know, it's not just, you know, the next year, suddenly the temperature is 20 degrees higher. It's not, it doesn't work like that. It, it's a very slow accumulation, but it is an accumulation. And, uh, of course, the... Uh, the Greenland ice sheet is melting. I have a video on that, which is going to show you after this. So it's losing ice mass nearly every year over the past two decades. The surface uh, mass budget saw an increase due to above-average snowfall um, and a near-average melt season. So this led to a gain in overall SMB, but had little impact on the on the overall trend. So people, yeah, so I read this thing. So people say that, wow, look at this, Greenland and, you know, the, the Antarctic or the Arctic, whatever, it's gaining ice. Wow, look, it's it's great, right? But what you're doing is you're cherry-picking the data. You're looking at a, a very tiny slice of time, maybe two, three months, four months, something like that. But if you look at, at, at the bigger trend, 10, 20, 30 years, 40 years, uh, you notice that the trend is going down, okay? So it's net losing uh 3.6 uh actually 3600 gigatons of ice mass since 2002 and i have a, a video here that shows that so it, it starts um yeah it starts in 2002 actually yep and you can see that it's just going down 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 it, it keeps losing ice all the time and you can see on the map here the the areas in red and sometimes getting kind of dark brownish. Uh, that's areas of extreme accelerated melt. Okay, so yeah. Uh, uh, Greenland maybe soon will actually be green. Greenland. Uh, but it's not good news for us because we need the ice. The ice reflects... It's like wearing a white shirt in summer. You're, it's better to wear a white shirt in summer than a black shirt in summer, obviously. Which is why, for example, I absolutely hate what uh, the Muslim countries force on their women because they they have to wear this, these burqas which are black, which is absolute torture in summer. I, I, I can't really imagine of anything kind of worse to do in summer than to go out entirely dressed in a black suit. So, yeah, you want to wear something white because it reflects the, the sun rays. So you it's a little bit cooler uh, and black on the other hand basically absorbs all the heat. So yeah, uh, glacier retreat. So uh, there's a lot of documentation re- regarding this. You can find evidence of that in photos. There are people who took photos, you know, 50, 60 years ago of a glacier somewhere and they took a photo not so long ago and you can see that the glacier is even completely gone or it's almost completely gone. But anyway, you can clearly see the trend. That it's not going well. So the glaciers have been retreating. Uh, There's more than... Well, like it says here. Between 1950 and 2018. uh, They cover 19 mountain regions. And the... um, It's basically been the 31st consecutive year of negative mass balance. Okay. On that note, I'm going to end the show here. That's what I wanted to cover today. That's the whole article. Um, Well... It's pretty depressing, you know? Um look, I, I, I wish I could say something kind of positive, and there are positive things happening, of course, but you know you, you the thing is like you can find internet pages right now that contradict everything I talked about on the show today. Everything. And uh unfortunately a lot of people believe that kind of misinformation. So the internet I, I was hoping when the internet came out, it would be a good source for information and people would be more educated, finally. But I noticed that it's not really the case. Most of the internet is porn, let's be honest there. And then, uh, yeah, a bunch of misinformation, fake information, uh, you know, fake experts, etc. cetera. Um, and then people kind of believe that. And then we end up in a tra- problem we're in today. Anyway, I just want to give you the reality. So if it's depressing, it's depressing. Let's just have to deal with it. I just want to remind people that I have my book out on Amazon, if people even care. Uh, It's a great book. Please check it out. If the physical is too expensive, then please consider getting the ebook. Much cheaper. And check out my art on Redbubble as well. I haven't really done much lately, but uh, it's just I've been busy. So... And on that note, uh, I'll see you next week. It's probably going to be another article on climate change, I'm guessing. So until then...